You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. And now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the cheap seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols with me. Trent doing double duty today, engineering the show and running out here to uh, to be on the mic. You're not getting paid double, buddy. Oh, you know. man. Just so you know. So last night... Last night, a bunch of bearded guys won a really, really big trophy, and I don't know what I was looking at. I do know that thinking back, you and I, Trent, both missed on this. Big time. Uh, after after Nashville lost game one, I thought they'd win the whole thing in five. After they lost second game, I thought they'd win <laughs> in six, and none of that worked out. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. I was the only one of three of us that actually picked the pins. He didn't pick you can go pins. back. Yeah, I think he said go back something about standing on his head, five hole. I think that was the extent of your your hockey conversation, man. Your contributions. God bless you, though. Yeah, appreciate you. So, you know, looking at this, I got I got a couple things for you. First of all, this is the first repeat Stanley Cup champion in what nineteen years. Yep. Red Wings did it back in ninety seven, ninety eight. Does that sound right? Uh, yep. All right. Here's my first question to you, um, Sidney Crosby. Obviously the best player in the world. Yes? Yes, right now, absolutely. How many more Stanley Cups does Sidney Crosby have to win before he enters the conversation as the best Penguin of all time? Or is that even possible? Well, I think right now, I mean, as far as Penguin, he has the most. I mean, a lot of these guys on the team have the most Stanley Cups. Now, Mario Lemieux has five. Yeah, but only Mario two, has two only has not two as a player. Let's not get so, twisted. Okay. Yeah, he and has two as a player. I think right now he – I would say he's the best Penguin of all time. Wow. Absolutely. With what he's done, he's won a major championship the last four years in a row, from Olympic gold medal to the world championship gold to two Stanley Cups in a row, and already has three Stanley Cups. Best Penguin, not – 
best player I ever. I could no, no, there's that that's <laughs> that's a short conversation. Yeah. All right. Here's first of all, I wanted I wish God, I wish we were on TV today because Brandon Atkins is over here with a thousand yard stare, eyes glazed over. Are you, you still with us? Yeah, man. Starbucks. Uh, it's on my here, side. Here's what I'll say about Sidney Crosby. Two points. First of all, Sidney Crosby, if he came walking through that door right now, I would have no idea who he was. I would. Yeah, me too. You'd be able to recognize him out of uniform. Absolutely. Would you really? Yeah. You're lying. I have very obsessed uh, Trent, teenage girls that have pictures of him everywhere. So, yes, I would recognize well, I used him. To well, funny, funny that you say that because <laughs> last night, last night as, as the – I don't even know how this conversation started – but we were. My wife asked me a question about Melania Trump. I don't know where that came from, and we we got into a discussion about that. And she's like, "But her husband's seventy plus years old. She's forty seven. He was twenty three years." But Sounds somehow like that tra- that conversation pivoted as we were watching the post game for the Stanley Cup. And I said, "Look here, you may not know this, but truth be told, NHL players have the hottest wives. Is that a fair statement?" Mm. I've. They have very <laughs> attractive wives. I mean, Mike Fisher, who is a nobody, is married to Carrie Underwood. Come there on, you go. Anna Kornikova, when she was the hottest woman in the world, you know. I. And there's obviously some debate to be had there, but as we were having this conversation, and I was, you know, talking to her, and she wasn't arguing with me; she was just kind of listening, soaking it in. They went down to the ice, and the Penguins' girlfriends and wives started to sort of trot out, and there was a procession. And she was like, those are some pretty hot wives. I think the NBA players probably have a little something to say about oh, that. Come on. Ah, Let me ask a question that makes it sound like I know anything about hockey. Here's the question. Did, let's say, the top five players of all time. Five hole. Yeah, five hole. <laughs> let's say Wayne Gretzky, Gordy Howe. Wait, stop. Bobby Orr. Stop, stop, Mario stop, stop, Lemieux. stop, 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 Did any of those guys, any of those guys have a player like Malkin? What? Oh, yeah. Dude, yes. are we going to talk about Wayne Gretzky with the yeah. Mark Messier? Yeah. No, Wayne Gretzky was low. I mean, yes, he made everyone better, but no, he, yes. Wayne Gretzky definitely Dude, somebody so better than Malkin. Far beyond yeah, yeah. Now Malkin didn't make the top 100 player list. Wayne Gretzky has like four guys on there. And what was great is the GM of the Penguins last night. That's all he would talk about. Well, Malkin's not a top 100 player. What is he? 101. That's. Yeah. I mean, all he would. He didn't talk about the win. All he did. He's still bitter that his player didn't make the well, top good 100. Good for him. I mean, good for him. For and having and his Malkin back. led the uh, playoffs in points. Excellent. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a horrible question that I asked, but it it started some good conversation, right? Was Fi- that good conversation? I don't know. Dave, give us a nod from over there. Was that a good conversation? I don't know. We can't He's throwing hear. his hands up. Yeah, that, All right, that five hole. Be I'll be quiet sign. again. <laughs> that's that's better than Schlepprock's hand signals. Though. <laughs> so there we go. I don't know. Dave is. You know what he reminds me of? He's the DJ at the club who is pretending to mix. Live mm-hmm. in the club, where he's really just got the track playing in the background. That's what he's doing right now. He's got his head down. I don't know what he's doing. Put but your hand we on. We appreciate you being here, brother. Put your hand up to the headphones, like you're doing something with the turntables. There you go. Yeah, and the free drinks will start arriving shortly. So, all right, Trent, give us five seconds of analysis about what happened with this Nashville team. 
Well, I think the injuries to Johansson, their top center, hurt them. I think that, you know, they couldn't get it done. They didn't really have a top scorer that could get it done. The refs may have stole Ooh. a couple of opportunities from them, but they had a five on three that they could have scored. I mean, games would have been different if they would have scored first. I just don't think they had that premier guy like Pittsburgh is stacked with to uh, to take them down. I don't know if anybody in the league right now has got a premier guy like Crosby. Crosby, I, my point with him, and, and you're a cocky guy, and, and Brandon lied and said that he'd be able to pick him out of a lineup. But my thing is that the NHL, has a they have a communications problem. They have a marketing problem, and these cable networks are artificially keeping them afloat right now. And it's funny how hard the networks are working to sell the brand. Last night, for instance, after the, after the third period was over, Pittsburgh had won, I flipped over to the NBC Sports Network to watch the postgame. Mm-hmm. That kicked off at about... 1045, 11 yeah, o'clock, 11. right at about 11 o'clock. Way past your bedtime. Way past my bedtime. I'm an old man. I watched that post-game coverage. They didn't even speak about the disallowed goal from, from Nashville until 11.58. Yep. I wrote it down mm-hmm. watching it because I'm like, how are y'all not going to talk about this and just ignore it? And they tried to blow past it when it happened in game one and Nashville had a had a, a goal disallowed. And then in this one, and I don't think there's a conspiracy going on, but it was kind of funny to me internally. And I had a moment where I cracked myself up. And well, I was like, you know, the NBA, if the NBA had a chance to force a game seven, you better believe it would have happened, right? Well, the NHL doesn't get it. When you told me that this morning, I actually – I went and watched the post game last night because I didn't watch the whole game. I wanted to kind of see what happened. And you didn't even know what happened, did you? No. There you go. Nothing happened. It was 11.58 on NBCSN before they even spoke about that goal, and they covered it for about 30 seconds, and that was it. But guess what? What's that? They're talking about it this morning. Well, they don't have any choice. On Mike and Mike, that's pretty much all they were talking about. And I actually have a little contribution to this conversation. You are actually allowed to review it that play an inadvertent whistle i just got the details trent's shaking his head no but i literally just got these via video you can look at them again but the difference between first of all nashville got jobbed you know what i mean it was just bad timing they got jobbed out of a goal but you can review that play if he hadn't touched it after the whistle, like if it was already in motion, Going in. yes, you could have reviewed that and changed it. But just because he would have probably scored it anyway, had the whistle not blown, it didn't freeze anybody. But because he touched it after the inverted whistle, you couldn't. Is yes. that accurate, Trent? Yes. Which, which, which probably in the bigger scheme of things is the way it ought to be. But it doesn't do anything for the initial problem that it was bad positioning by the official. And you can't panic in that instance because you don't see the puck. You know, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I've followed hockey my entire life um, to a certain extent. But you've got to give a good three count before you blow that whistle in a situation like that because stupid things like this happen. Well, I mean, I think a lot of that goes to safety of the goalie and the guys around because they are told that if you cannot see the puck, you need to blow the whistle. The play is dead. And you have guys with sticks poking at you, even with your pads on or whatever, that, you know, if the ref can't see it, it is the way it is. And people can complain, but the players didn't complain. They didn't talk about it. 
I'd like. I to haven't hear. seen. I haven't seen <laughs> any Nashville Suba, guys. I, I give him a couple days. I'm sure he has some cool stuff to say about it. Do you know what I like about hockey? What do you like out about of the hockey? B- b- the major four? Nothing. <laughs> Chris just rolls his eyes anytime I try to jump into this conversation because <laughs> he knows it's going to be horrible. Hockey, just because of the the name hockey, like just think about all the other major sports. <laughs> it sounds like cavemen name these sports football. Basketball. I mean, how creative. Base. We'll put bases. Baseball. At least they came up with something like hockey. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just sounds like it's its own original name rather than just saying, let's make a game called chair ball. <laughs> Sorry. You remember, let's reset the clock back about 60 seconds ago. You said Chris rolls his eyes because he knows it's going to be horrible. I think I was justified. <laughs> I think I have a point, though. <laughs> sure you do. I think the best name in sports is golf. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's giving us the thumbs up. Agrees. Trent, what's your favorite sport name? Curling. <laughs> curling. curling, right? Curling. What does curling have to do anything with – what would you call that if it wasn't curling? Would it be slide weight? What about bowling ball? There's no, there's no bowls in bowling. What about women's beach volleyball? Speaking of which, I turn on my television this weekend, and this is where these networks. I, Brandon, we ought to buy one of the networks All because right. we couldn't run it any worse than these guys are. I turn on my TV yesterday trying to find desperately seeking sports and I flip through and on network television in the middle of Sunday which is prime viewing time they've got men's beach volleyball on tying up the dial top gun style top gun style buddy and they're doing human interest stories along with it like anybody cares about these you know Well, like Brandon said last week, for three weeks, ESPN, all they've shown is college baseball and softball. And you know what? We watched it. Isn't that something? I watched 18 innings of Oklahoma beating Florida in the the first game of the women's softball. And if any of those guys were really good, they'd already be in the minors. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. 
Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. Diamond Dave Kaplan is across the way running the... He's not running. He's hanging out. The ones and twos. So we're back, and we're talking about a bunch of nonsense that's, uh, I don't know, somehow related to sports in some form or fashion. And uh, we've got an interesting thing we unearthed here. We have determined that the, the game hockey was not a caveman, like apparently football and baseball were. Trent, you want to educate the masses as to where the word hockey comes from? So hockey came from a a French word and it means shepherd's crook, but there was a Colonel Hockey that used the game to keep his troops in condition. Colonel Hockey. Colonel Hockey. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So if if I create a game like basketball, remember the movie? So if I create a game like that, I can just big ball it. I just call it DeLambert. You know, the go-to is always add a ball at the end or whatever the case might be, but I like that. Man. Is the object of that game never to hit any shots? Nicely <laughs> it's done. Nicely done. I'm the only one that laughed at that. That was that was harsh, man. I'm sorry. All right, so I have a question for you, Brandon Atkins, that's hockey-related. Are you prepared? Uh, probably not. All right, so the, the tradition with Stanley Cup champions, Trent, is what? What do they do with that big, gigantic cup? Well, each one of them get to spend a day with that cup, and they do all sorts of things. Right? But none of them are as creative as Brandon Atkins. So if you got to spend a day with that cup, what is it? (laughs) What kind of adventure would you take the Stanley Cup on? Okay, well, this is not meant for radio. Or TV, for that matter. But I have my own little kind of Stanley Cup. I play fantasy football. I've gotten the trophy before. Sometimes you just lounge with the trophy, watch TV with the trophy. Some things you can't really communicate in public with the trophy. <laughs> you have dinner with the trophy. You know, I mean, so the Stanley Cup would be no different for me. I mean, you just, yeah. Just hang out, act like you've been there before. Yeah. I mean, we know each other on a personal level. <laughs> Trent, where's the cup going? Man. You know, that, the Stanley Cup is my favorite trophy. I love it. The history of it, how it started off with just that bowl and has grown into that pedestal with your name on it. I hate the NHL commercials about them spelling their names out. I think those were the worst in the past years. But I think because it is the Stanley Cup, I would love to lay on the couch with it full of Doritos right by my hand Eating Doritos, watching TV, wow. watching me win the Stanley Cup while I'm eating Doritos out of the Stanley Cup. Or All trail right, mix. All right. So shameless plug for Doritos there. If you're listening Frito-Lay, you know, you can get in touch. Hook me up. I'm cheap. You can get in touch with us at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. So, you know, if the Doritos marketing team is hanging out, let us know. All right. So you guys are lame. Oh, God. First of all, you know, if I'm going to eat Doritos out of something, I'm going Charles Barkley and go with the, what's he call it, the snack hoodie? It's like a feed bag. Yes, I'm going snack hoodie. <laughs> How dare you desecrate the Stanley Cup with Doritos? 
So I want to make sure I'm 100% clear here. You want to watch a video of you winning the Stanley Cup with the Stanley Cup while you eat Doritos out of the Stanley Cup. Yes, Did I get that 100% correct? I'm a hockey player. Obviously, my wife is super hot, so I don't have to use it to pick up chicks. I'm sitting in my, uh, by the lake up in Canada, because I'm probably from Canada if I'm winning the Stanley Cup. I've already gone fishing. I've done everything. I grab my favorite snack. I pop it on. I sit my super hot wife down. We watch the video, eat some Doritos. Okay, let me ask you this question then. And Chris, you tell us what you do with the cup. But this has been the first back-to-back, what, 19 years? Yeah. Do you think that the players have gone... I don't know. I did that last year. Well, like, you know what? I was thinking during the celebration, I was like, I wonder if they're like, well, shoot, now what the heck am I going to do? I mean, like last year, I already did it. I already ate Doritos out of it last year. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to make my, I'm going to make homemade Chex Mix. I, that's a good question. Thanks, Think about man. Gretzky. Wouldn't they want it four or five years in a row? Yeah. Like Had to get all been like, oh, that doggone cup, man. Do I have to babysit the cup today? I don't know, right? Really? I don't know what I'd do with it, guys. Do you, you think Phil Kessel's going to eat hot that. dogs out of it? Hot dogs. He, yeah, he's just known as that guy that loves hot dogs. I can relate to that. I like a good hot dog. That's cool. I like a good hot dog. I can dig that. Scoops. Hmm. Scoops. Here, let's buy scoops. Let's do that. Do it. Is it for sale? <laughs> you thought it was one time. <laughs> All right, so the Stanley Cup. So what would you do the, with it? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't because you know I'm the guy that has to one up everybody. Mm-hmm. I gotta step back and look and figure out where we're where we're going with this thing, and I just I really don't know, man. Well, I, I'm sure that at some point it would it would be there would have to be strippers involved. Oh god, me and the cup would have to go to Vegas, and mm-hmm. I'd have to leave my ultra super hot hockey wife at home. And we'd have to get a kitchen pass. We'd nice have to save. Just go crazy. Nice save. Um, you could fill it up with um, your tears after you watch the Bengals play football on an additional season. <laughs> Thanks, that may be what you could do. But in what did I do to deserve all this punishment? This I'm morning? sorry, What's man. What's going on? In 125 years, what hasn't been done with that cup? You can't be original. Everything's been ha- everything's happened. Well, in 125 years, let me let me tell you something. A friend of mine used to own a minor league hockey team. That went so badly that you're not allowed to speak of that time period in his house. Oh, no. He lost so much money on that hockey team, and it had nothing to do with attendance. Hockey players are crazy. Mm. Like, legit, full-on crazy. So these folks... He can tell you stories for days. He owned the thing for about four years and finally was like, I got to get out of this. But the midnight calls from the police, you know, destroying hotel rooms, trashing tour buses, just on and on and on and on. So the amazing part of the whole Stanley Cup thing is that for 125 years, the winning team has been, each player has been taken off with that cup and that the cup hasn't been destroyed. Well, they have its own personal bodyguard. The guy to the left with the shaggy white hair, if you watched him bring out the cup, he's with that 24-7. So when is he writing his book? Uh, because that retires, tell-all book would he, have to be out of control. That's going to go to But the if grave. you follow it, you can follow the Stanley Cup. They're the keeper of the cup on Twitter, and he shows everything, shows pictures. Maybe a good idea would be taking that cup to Peke Rene's house and hang out with him. Would that, would that be mean? 
<laughs> if I was born in Quiz, you're from the same country. You take it over to his house, and you'd be like, thanks, man. You, you, you do you think win the cup. if Nashville won it, do you think Subban would fill it up with Listerine or something? Like some mouthwash? In Montreal, he would fill it up <laughs> with Listerine. I think he would. All right. I'm done talking about hockey. Hey, Tell October. The naming of sports – Let's go back to golf. We were kind of t- we hit on golf a little bit. I think we have bit. an expert that should. I think we do have an expert in the house. There's a lot of people trying to claim the word golf, but uh, what I've been able to find that makes the most sense is that Scott Scott kind of claimed the word golf, and it's golf land, uh, golfing, which means to strike as to cuff or to drive force forward with violence. And it didn't become a verb until much later. That's the so well. David, that's the question. That's the question I want to pose to Dave Kaplan: Is golf a verb? That's what I want to know. Indeed. So we will get our English lesson, and he can he can tell us. And I don't. What are you even talking about over here? What's going on? I'm, I'm talking about the meaning of the word golf. All I want to know is why the sport's not called golf ball. That's what I want to know. Golf ball. <laughs> golf ball. Because it was a caveman that, that, that created it. Golf. Was what golf. Because well, yeah, it's clearly not golf ball because it's it's not a foot or a basket or a base. You can't – what was it? We don't, we're sitting here trying to figure out what golf is to begin well, with. Okay. Called like club okay. ball. Club ball. How about club whole ball. ball? Club ball. Whole ball. Whole okay. Ball. Whole ball. Okay. So, whole ball. Whole ball. Everybody agreed that's what golf, golf should be is called. Like, is now whole whole ball. ball. I like it, dude. What is man? Man, we've digressed in this. You can tell how much. <laughs> All right, so Trent, you made an interesting statement before we went to the last break. You were talking about college baseball. Yeah. All right. Now I remember the time when players could get drafted out of high school, mm-hmm. then they get drafted each year coming out of college, and that's not been that way for years now. So. The MLB draft coming up later today. Are you aware of that? Yeah. The Twins have an interesting, interesting situation. Twins are a whole lot better this year than anybody thought they were going to be. Yeah. Brendan McKay from Louisville is MLB ready, could probably with five minutes in the minors, maybe not even that, come in and contribute this year conceivably, but in the immediate future. His ceiling is pretty high. You have to decide, is the kid going to pitch? Is he going to play for you in the field? Mm -hmm. But looming out there, have you seen Hunter Green from Compton? 6'3", 195 pounds, hitting about 365 with a whole bunch of home runs as a high school kid. But allegedly, this young man throws baseball 102 miles an hour. 18 years old, coming out of the Compton Academy. The Reds are already told anybody to listen. If the Twins don't take him, they will. they're going to take Green. Yeah. Now, the Reds are in a different situation because the Reds are pretty well loaded at the higher end of their, of their minor league system. So it's not like the guy can jump in there. He's going to face a backlog anyway. So they're prepared to go four or five years and groom this guy. What, what's the move here? you got about 30 seconds. 
the problem is the rules with the Super 2 and everyone doesn't want to lose that eligibility. If you take a guy out of college that is almost MLB ready, he's going to sit for a while there anyways. So why not take the other project that you can put in there for four years? He's going to sit where? In the minors because they are not they don't want to lose control of him if he's that close. Who was the last guy that came out of college and went right to the major leagues? I don't know for certain. I know Mike Leak for the Reds. Came directly out of college, pitched for the Reds. Yeah, I think it's very, very rare. I wanted to say Matt Harvey for the Mets came pretty close out of UNC and came right back up, but I still think he spent a year or two. Well, the way to look at it, though, is if you've got a guy that can contribute, do you really want to worry about how much control you've got? You're listening from the cheap seats. We'll be right back. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's Strong, and then there's Army Strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. 
now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome back to the cheap seats, Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins. We've been joined in studio with the illustrious guy, Dave Kaplan, which means at some point we're going to talk golf, but I had forgotten something. I didn't tell you about this, buddy. So, you know, at the Temple Theater this past weekend was the Rob Matthews Rockabilly Riot. Sold the place out. It was an amazing show. It was really, really a good time. Cool. Opening that show was a very, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, very talented artist and songwriter, Gary Mitchell, based out of Chapel Hill. He um, broke my heart a little bit. He's come and played uh, several different concerts I've been involved with and kind of been one of my go-to guys. Just found out he's all booed up and is moving to D.C. with his girl. Mm -hmm. Good for him. I mean, he's a great guy. Deserves that. But we talked real briefly, and I said, you know, we're using Def Leppard's Undefeated as our intro and outro music, and that's kind of become our theme song. And we talked about it for a few minutes, and he is writing us our own song. What? I hadn't told you what? that before. No, he actually, he's beaming like a little kid. He's as happy as a kid that just got a golf cart, man. Just ask him Ask him if he needs some help on the lyrics. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a great lyricist. I'm going to leave Gary to his own devices, if that's okay with you. I will. No, he, he, you know, we talked about it, and I talked about some things. said, we have to have a good guitar riff in there. So, hopefully, here shortly, that will come to pass. And uh, we'll have our original, unique, exclusive amazing theme song. That's cool. How cool is that, Dave Kaplan? Brandon is a lyrical gangsta. <laughs> so. Yeah. You don't even know, son. You don't even know. Oh, my God. I, mean, I can't. Worldwide, I'm not going to be able to hold it together with the two of you all today. I, I can't see where this is going to go. Worldwide and your own song. All right. So I we like were, it. We, we were talking about whole ball earlier. Whole ball. Whole <laughs> ball. Okay, so and apparently Time and Dave has done some research and is going to school us all. Golf originally did not use a ball and actually didn't have a hole for a while. So the whole hole ball, the, the theory of that is, is way off basis. But um, I thought it was the, inspired. The, the Scottish actually were the one that introduced a hole. So they really get credit for golf. Well, where um, was it before that? I thought it was. They were just hitting balls, man. I mean, they but, just but you balls. say the Scots or featheries. The Scots introduced a hole. Mm-hmm. Where did where was golf before that? Where did it, where Somewhere does the history else. go? <laughs> <laughs> so your research was limited, right? All right, right. Well, we we appreciate it nonetheless. But go ahead. But they used a feathery was the actual name of the ball, and, uh, and then it changed from whatever material you make a feathery out of to a wooden ball, and now, of course, golf, golf ball technology is amazing. So well, it allows Brandon, people like us to go hit and play and be able to get it somewhere in, near the fairway in the, in the greens. So the original thing was not a ball. It was called a feathery. Mm-hmm. There wasn't for the a whole, life of me. So. I can't. I can't imagine what it was made out of. What could a feathery? Where, I don't let's know. Let's use man. the name. Let's check the entomology here. What could it possibly have been made of? Well, I, I will think say feathers. But <laughs> I will. I do need to cut back on the swear words. So anytime I slice out into the woods, I'm going to go feathery. <laughs> How about nice. that? Instead of some of the other things, I'm going to be there to see it and. It will be the most used word in your vocabulary moving From, forward, yep. if that's the case. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Not that we swear a lot on the course or drink a lot. Yeah. 
We do a lot of things a lot out there. Except for squirrel oil. <laughs> <laughs> do you vacuum much? <laughs> look, hey, I don't know. Look, we're in a, a contained, insulated studio space here. I don't know what kind of industrial equipment they're running upstairs. But if you hear the hum, it's not our equipment. We do apologize. We think it's going to be passable, but I kind of don't know what they're doing up there. Are they sanding floors? That, sure, yeah, that cannot be. be a vacuum that they're running up there. Mm, I don't know. It's a Zamboni. You can tell. That's what Zamboni. Zamboni. That's exactly it's a Zamboni right. upstairs. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hockey. Nice. Well, hopefully we're in the you know the second intermission and they'll finish here shortly. Well, I got to tell making me crazy. I got to share this. I played in my first pro am event, um, dude, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah you told us last <laughs> each of the last two weeks, and I started losing so many balls. I reached out into the bag to grab another feathery, and feathery. I was feeling around for that feathery, and out comes a Farm Bureau feathery. Farm Bureau feathery. I did not lose that feathery for the rest of the, the, the I don't know, whatever. Yeah, see, so you should worked it out and played with, like, a legit pro with a ball deal. You know, yeah. you've been like, no, nah, man, here, I got you a case. When you Take lose these. it, I'll bring you some more. All right. Well, How about that? You don't. Because I, I have a feeling you that's, will that's, lose that's, it at some point. That's more commitment than, than you're ready for. I know <laughs> that you're, you're, you know, somewhat acquainted with Brandon's bad golfingness. I don't think you want to commit to to be his ball supplier. Can I? Think I pricey. I, I want to tell you. I think golfers have, you know, attractive wives too. Who's got the hottest wife on tour? Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I, don't I mean, get, throw one that stands nah. out. Trent's over there with nothing to do. He's playing DJ, so he can look it up. I want to see who the hottest wife. I don't think you can do that. Really? I mean, that yeah. They're, you can't even grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of them out there. It's uh, it's impressive. Check out the Ryder Cup. Your Ryder Cup Presidents Club, and the wives are out there, and you, you can check them out. There. I'll check it out because that's what I. Do other than that, you only see. Time. Yeah, other than that, you only see the uh, winner's wife on Sunday as they yeah. run out. But uh, speaking of which, Daniel Berger goes back to back at St. Jude. That's FedEx. out of control. FedEx in Memphis. Yeah, back-to-back wins. Shot a nice 66 on Sunday to come from behind. So where is he we're going into the U.S. Open? The tradition is you chastise all of us, and you're like, guys, it's always on Father's Day weekend. It's a right. tradition. Yeah. Thanks for that. Oh, hold so, up. Hold up. Before, Dustin Johnson, right? Yeah, he's, he's Paulina Mary- Gretzky. Right, yeah. I forgot about Paulina Gretzky. Yeah. And as hot as Paulina Gretzky is, what about Gretzky's kid? How old is she? Is of is she of age? I mean, how old is Ooh. Gretzky's daughter? I, I can't. Is Paulina his wife or his? That's his daughter. Oh, okay. It's yeah. What's his wife's Gretzky. name? Because he was married. To, his wife is like a celebrity, wasn't she? Was she a TV host or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Paulina Gretzky. That's yeah. She's pretty. Happy. She kind of. That's kind of the drop the mic. Because I mean, then there's Lindsey Vaughn. No, but, it can't be the yeah. drop the mic. We're talking about players' wives, not players' kids. Well, this is uh, – okay, Wayne Gretzky's daughter, Paulina. Yes. Is – I don't think they're married, but it's Dustin Johnson's, who might be one of your favorites for the U.S. Open. It's Dustin Johnson's girlfriend, fiance. I think they're – Okay, think it's not married. Yeah. Okay, well. The NHL just went down to number two, I think. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's there's some good ones out there. And then you got the guy from Raleigh um, who is just – He's he's nuts though, but he he's really done pretty well this year. 
Um, his name is, uh, oh, I met the guy. I used to build golf clubs for him. Hold on. <laughs> I'll find him. Um, are you building a – Are you building a <laughs> – <laughs> Oh, my God. Grayson Murray. Grayson, Grayson Murray. Murray. Yeah. He's he from Grayson Murray. He's had a good year. Yeah. Um, he, he went to four colleges in four years. And, and uh and so he he traveled around he so he's, he's an attention astute spanker. academic <laughs> right <laughs> but I've anyway got some went to four colleges in four years well i think he, one of he the, said that he was going to have a playboy mate caddy for him if he makes the masters next year he and by the way he's had a good year i think he had another top 20 finish this past weekend so he's okay. doing well this year so he has a chance to make the masters you know if he gets up there on the money list and he or wants to have something. a playboy playmate be his caddy. He invited one. I, I don't. I can't remember the name of, of the young lady, but he invited one. She accepted the invitation to caddy for him if he plays in the Masters. Right. Is she I wonder wear, if Augusta's going to allow wear, that to happen. She going to wear the you know, bunny ears. So, Is she going to wear the ears? She's going to wear a white jumpsuit. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's what she'd oh, wear. Okay. And she'll rock that jumpsuit unlike any caddy's ever rocked that jumpsuit. Right. So I'm right. It. He could probably get her to uh, caddy on the par three for. Her. Although it's supposed to be a family event, but but anyway. Grayson Murray. I'm betting the ranch on this guy. Yeah, Grayson Murray. And uh, I, I think he's playing this weekend, but let's talk about the U.S. Open. Let's, please. Let's, let's do that. You've got Wait, two and a half minutes. You've got two and a half minutes to go. Aaron Hills. Yes. Got an old school look, but the course was actually built in 2002. Uh, long. 7,800 yards. So let's imagine us go play golf, then add three or four more holes. But they're doing it in 18 holes. Hmm. I get Still, enough punishment out of 18. Right. I don't need 21. Starts off with like a 650-yard dogleg left, par five. Beautiful course. And it's going to require some precision as well. If you get off the fairway, uh, there's the normal four to whatever six-inch stuff. But then you get beyond that, and it's like the British Open stuff. It's really? like, yeah, knee-deep, you might not even find it. If you do find it, you wish you wouldn't have found it. So, That's your expert stuff. opinion, what do you expect the winning score to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, any U.S. Open, you look around even par. Okay. And weather's going to play a little bit into it. Um, if there's if the winds get up, it could be worse. If they get some rain and soften the course, it could be a little easier. But uh, even par. I so, think most of so them I'm taking right now. I'm taking Grayson Murray and the prospect of him bringing a playmate just to upset everybody in Augusta. I think that'd be amazing. Right, Brandon, who you got? I, I'm taking Grayson Murray as well. Grayson Murray, and I think. Not, all right, I don't even know if he's playing. I think get <laughs> y'all. Doesn't matter. That's good. Well, and, David, David's and, actually making Grayson some clubs upstairs. I can hear him <laughs> right now. Those clubs. I think he's actually like milling. I don't know what's going on. Golfing by design when he was a little kid didn't make him some clubs. Really? That was pretty cool, yeah. Okay. That How long cool. ago was that that you, you got well, out of that it's, it's, Well, it's 12 years ago. 12 years. Yeah, 11, 12 years ago, something That's like that. That's pretty cool. Let me run through some names real quick. All right. Dustin Johnson, He he's a – you know, been one of the best players all year. Until Is he, he adequately recovered from his tumble down? I, I, yeah, I would hope so. And he hits the ball long enough. If he's hitting it straight enough, he's definitely going to be a factor. Jordan Spieth did not win the 2011 USAM there, but he did get to the semifinals. So he's got a history at the course. I, I doubt too many players have. I think Kelly Kraft won that US Amateur. I don't even think he's playing in the US Open. 
Jason Day is going to be a good pick, Ricky Fowler. I like John Rahm to keep with the uh, Spanish theme on major winners this year, you know, with Sergio winning. Now John Rahm's the up-and-coming, young, big Spaniard that hits the ball a long ways. Uh, and then Alex Norn might be one kind of off the radar, be a good pick. But right, remember so that name if we're you, talking next week. You fantasy golfers, you've got your feedback from the guy, Diamond yeah. Dave Kaplan. If you had to take one player against the field, who you got? I'd say Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson? Spieth with a second, but he's just been too inconsistent this year. Too many doubles and bogeys and things like that. All right, you're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central Carolina on WDCC and around the world on WBLZ. Check out the podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat. <laughs> Welcome back. So if, you, uh, if you're not familiar with what we do here uh, on From the Cheap Seats, everything we've ever recorded is committed to a podcast archive at SoundCloud. So go to SoundCloud, set yourself up an account if you don't already have one. Check From the Cheap Seats. And you can listen to everything we've ever done. You'll also get alerts. Of course, you can hear us streaming around the world on Wednesday mornings from 9 to 11 on WBLZ. We may actually, we'll tease that a little bit, may actually add a second or a third day here very shortly. Um, I don't know if the world can take too much more Chris and Brandon in their mornings. Sure but, they can. Uh, we're going we're gonna to force feed it. Well, we were talking to D- Diamond DC. He's still in su- studio here. I'm looking at him right now. And uh, I when I googled we derailed this golf segment. I go, yeah we just <laughs> that golf segment we just have to apologize and to David as well. But um, so I was googling this guy Kevin Na and I asked David he might have yeah. some comments. He's talking about this wispy you know fescue that it's feathery feathery fescue. <laughs> feathery feathery fescue. He says it's almost unplayable. Is that overstating that or I mean. It, if you get a ball in this, is it gone? I mean, what are we, what are we looking at? Well, you, if you lose the ball, I mean, it's a severe penalty. 
And then if you find it and you and you can't, you're like, I can't hit this. And then you get a club length from there to drop it. But if you're in it, way up in it, that club length's not going to do you much good. So you're, you're probably going to see some people going back and just so playing it from where they originally played it. And that's a severe penalty. I mean, you know. Wait a minute. What's a penalty? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> I – so if you're in something, if you're in the rough and you and you don't want to play it from there, you can't just throw it out on the fairway. Chris, these guys not. These guys not. don't. Chris, these guys don't use a foot wedge like you do. <laughs> well, I don't think a foot wedge gets out of that one. And and the thing is, in some instances, it might even be difficult for a wedge because usually in the U.S. Open or or even the British Open, if they get in some of these awkward lies, they'll just wedge it out into the fairway and then take, you know essentially it's a one-shot penalty and then okay. they move on from there but in this case if they can't even hit it now you're talking two three shots on the hole that is going to be uh, really severe so i think what you'll see is people are going to be conservative off the tee and when it's a 7700 yard golf course you probably don't want to be that conservative off the tee so they're going to be hitting a lot of – they need to be precise with long irons. And, you know, Jason Duffner's a great – Duff, you know, the pink belly shirt there, won the, won the memorial, <laughs> yeah. did a great job. Jason pink belly Duffner. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So, uh, he uh, – yeah, he might play pretty well this weekend too. I didn't, right. I didn't put him on my list of, of names to watch, but he's a good long iron player. So is Grayson Murray playing in the U.S. Open or not? Oh, I haven't found Since that yet. Since Brandon <laughs> picked him to win. Brandon, will you look that up? For us, uh, huh. but I do have a good list from Golf Week, and it, it includes some of the names I gave y'all. Um, Alex Norn, and yeah. I, you know, I know you, we don't hear of him. He's actually ranked in the top ten in the world. Well, here's so, the question I point. have for you, Dave. Though, yeah, go is, ahead. Is I'm hearing from these tour pros and the analysts, they're you know pointing out how difficult the rough there is at mm-hmm. Aaron Hills. And it's the same song every doggone U.S. Open, isn't it? They're crying about something. Right. Like, you know, there's two steep greens, they're too short, blah, 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 blah. Here's my question to you, and I, and I want an honest answer. Don't lie. How much of that is legitimately these things are, are real, and how much of it is coddled, spoiled pros who are used to playing perfectly manicured right. golf courses that are wide open and they can be as aggressive as they want to? Seriously. I think there's different types of entertainment from from the game of golf. Uh, you can have it where it's lights out. You know, conditions are perfect, scoring is perfect, and it's lights out. And it's a different mentality. You just have to get in a different mindset. And most weeks, other than majors and some other tournaments that can be a little more difficult, most weeks that's what you get. Crowds like it. They like to see birdies and eagles and all that sort of stuff. Would you agree with that? I mean, if you're watching golf, do you want to see birdie after birdie and eagle opportunity after eagle opportunity? I, I do like I do enjoy some of that, but I also like to see the complete meltdown. Yeah, too. I mean oh, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. that's what. Yeah. And I'm not I don't I don't revel in somebody else's pain, but it it to me is I like watching the British Open because right. I know on any given hole somebody can put a nine up. Right. That to me makes it interesting when it's like, okay, well, this guy's up three and cruising, you know, you've got to see something superhuman to close a gap like that or somebody do something. But I really enjoy, <laughs> I like watching pros go through what Brandon and I go through 
Yeah, but here, there's like, a main oh difference. There's a, there's a huge difference here. What's the and, huge and, difference? And it is a difference if that's the question you're asking. Talk to me. If we played that course, mm-hmm. it would take eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Well, people, if it's going to take eight hours to play, I want to go ahead and get Grayson Murray's caddy to come right, out and hang well, out exactly, with me for eight exactly. hours. And that's why when, when we go and play golf, you don't see courses set up that way. Because it, it, it'd be too penal for the average player unless they're willing just to say, I'm going to crack open a beer and forget this hole. You know, then. That'd be cool. To, I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, that's, but, but no, I agree with you. It doesn't make it more relatable. <laughs> I'm um, just going to pick up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me an eight. To that, watch, that'd be awesome. To watch that'd them with some struggles, uh, it does make it more relatable, and and uh, and I like it as more of a golf purist. I like it. I like the difficult positions, and so as a purist and as a golf expert, what would I shoot from the pro tees? At Aaron Hills, what would my score be coming? <laughs> well, it depends hey, on who's no, no, scoring. Okay. Don't let Chris oh, score it. Oh, come on, man. It depends on I, who's. I would say if if we let you keep the pencil, it would be a DNF. Really, I just quit. No, we couldn't card it. There'd be too many X's on there. Wow. Yeah. So no, you're not even going to put a number card. out there. No. Nah. Like 120. Probably get close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, okay, so if that's the case, I got to recover some kind of way. Chris, if I put up a 120, what's this guy going to put up? Yeah, but 122. But here's the deal. <laughs> Think about who you're talking to. This is David Kaplan. I can no longer walk into a sand trap without being terrified that somebody's going to yell at me. <laughs> no, that I'm was rounding my that club. Wasn't him. That, that was wasn't not him. me. No. I was playing at Tobacco Road where there's natural areas, and I was right. still afraid to ground it. <laughs> Thinking somebody was going to come around the corner. Brandon, I would have been way more constructive and diplomatic in my uh, education of bunker etiquette for you. Gotcha. Your playing partner on that particular day was not uh, not considerate. Yeah. And we saw exactly. his foot wedge, too, by the way, Richard Blackwater. We saw you, yeah, Mr. Rule yeah, Guy. Yeah, there you go. We saw you. Hey, uh, just another really quick cool story for Tar Heel fans, fellow Tar Heel DL4 doesn't have exactly the same ring to it, but, you know, his father's caddying for him. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool story. That is. Okay, in terms of cool story, dad caddying, playmate caddying. It's not that cool, Brandon. (laughs) It just kind of is. It is cool. And then on Father's Day. That is. On Sunday. You know they're going to... They're going to grab onto that story. That's going right. to be one of the main things. Nice payday. Caddy takes home ten percent, right? First major, yeah. The first major that uh, Davis Love won, he gave credit to his father, and a rainbow was over the 18th green as wow. he, as he uh, finished up his round that day. Amazing. Signed from God. Amazing. What is the uh, how much cheese? How much cheddar does the uh, winner of the U.S. Open walk out with this year? Anybody know? Probably a million and a half. Million and a half. What's like the guy that, that comes in last place? Well. Making the cut, you make money. Okay, if I make yeah. the cut and finish dead last, I'd any say idea? Hundred thousand plus. Hundred thousand. So, so basically, Dad's getting a ten thousand dollar payday out of this, no matter right. what happens. Yeah. That's, that's dope. I like that. Maybe that is a cool story. Of course, you know, I don't think Dad's going to take the money. I don't think Dad needs the money. Yeah, I think DL three has plenty of that of his own Gouda cheddar. He doesn't need. <laughs> He didn't need to take any of his sons. Nah, he did fine. Hey, Grayson Murray, call into the show and let us know if you're in the field because I can't <laughs> find can't you. can't find the field. 
Oh, we, we'll find Th- that. That would be hard to pick you if you're not in the field. So give us a buzz. I'm, yeah, taking, him, I'm taking him even if he's not in the field. So if he's not in the field, I'm going with the Duff man. There you go. David's turned me on to the Duffner. Pink belly. I like Jason Duffner a lot. Jason Pink Belly Duffner. He's got the waggle, too. He does have a little waggle. Yeah. So you got to appreciate that. All right, I got it right here. We're going to see if we can find him. All right, while you're looking that up, Brandon, we talked about golf for twice as long as we planned to. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on anything to do with golf? We just need ball. to – or anything else we've talked about. I need, or heavy equipment. Well, those are my clubs being made upstairs <laughs> right now. Yeah. David got done with uh, Grayson, so like now he's, he's not working on the field. He's not in the field. Point. No. I'm right. not watching it. I guess I need to pick. You better watch. It's a major. Good. I'm going to keep my eye on Kevin Knock because he's already mad about this rough. Yeah. So I think that will be kind of a cool story because – He's really saying it's unplayable out there. Do you think he's doing that, or is he is he trying to punk the rest of the field? No, nah, he's just trying to get inside. He's got legit concerns. <laughs> he has legitimate concerns. There's no doubt about it. But got, his mindset obviously isn't going to be that great. So, I, well, I what about there. the pairing of Jason Day, Justin Rose, and Roy, Rory McIlroy? That's All pretty cool. All three of them can win. All three of them can win. So that's going to be something to watch, too. That's another story. Right. What time do they go off? McElroy demolished them in Kiowa, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he hadn't been really on form here lately. David, um, let me ask you a quick question. How would you hold up in this tournament? Let's say you make the field. You know, I, I would honestly, if, if I played that golf course, I would be ecstatic if I broke 80. I'm ecstatic. You'd make the cut if you broke 80 a couple times, don't you think? Be close. Mm, that'd be a little too far back. Probably You probably need a couple 75. So if we found a sponsor out there, if we found a sponsor out there who was willing to pay you to hit golf balls for two years to get ready to go on tour. If my back would hold up. Come on. Oh, man. And uh, I wouldn't come need to on. use opioids. I think I'd be in good shape. Now, no, I think I could do it. Yeah. I'd make too. the cut. So if you're if sitting out there and you want – Dave Kaplan to wear your name on his hat and on his shirt and give him two years to get ready. We can get him out there. Which yeah. would you prefer to play? Would you rather play the wide open courses where everybody's trying to eagle everything, or would you rather play these challenging things like this? Real quick. Uh, challenging course, but I tell you, my ultimate dream would be play Augusta. All right. Period. Gotcha. You've got Dustin Johnson against the field. Appreciate you coming in, Diamond Dave. I'm Chris DeLambert. This is Brandon Atkins. If you're listening to W if you're listening on WDCC. Follow us on over to the podcast at SoundCloud from the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, 
leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Chris DeLambert. Brandon Atkins is here, and Trent Nichols, the professor, is back in the studio with us. Appreciate Dave Kaplan from Farm Bureau coming by, hanging out with us, talking a little bit of golf. Um, I went to sleep a little bit, I'm not going to lie. During the golf? A little bit, man. Once we started, once we stopped talking about the Playboy Playmate, I I zoned out a little bit. So I don't know what is we're that doing. when the show got really good. <laughs> it was nice. Now, now, now you know how Brandon feels when we talk about hockey and baseball and baseball. Yeah. Hey, so speaking of sports that nobody cares about, um, first of all, let's let's look. This is the perfect tie-in because we were talking about NHL players and talking about their wives. Did anybody watch the finals of the? Of the uh, French Open this weekend? No, I was following it, but I didn't watch it. Trent? No, I missed it. You guys do realize that you work on a sports show, right? <laughs> and this is a major championship. You That's right. That right. All right, I don't care about the men's. So the new it girl in women's tennis is Jelena Ostapenko. Okay. She's from Latvia. She's 20 years old. She just turned 20. So I feel a little creepy even talking about her. But. She won this thing, and she's the first – this is the first time – is it ever? No, it can't be ever. This was her first win on tour um, 
on the, what is it, the WTP? Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yep. And she was 33rd ranked coming in. I, <laughs> this, I don't know what is going on upstairs, but I'm about to take a heavy stick up there. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have words. I is there maybe there's a WWE event going on up there now. I, I don't know. Any ideas? I, I unless it's the Cavs warming up for tonight. I don't know. I mean, they're <laughs> jumping up and down. So, Ostapenko, 20 years old. She's a cutie. She won the tournament. Um, you know, it was a big deal every step of the way she got. She'd never been past the third round, I think, of a of a Grand Slam championship. So good for her. So I'm trying to like find out about her and not in a creepy old man, you know, stalker kind of way, but I'm trying to figure out what are the talking points about this girl. So I go to YouTube, which is where I get all my news. <laughs> no, actually I went to Wikipedia and it's talking about the the third round appearance that she'd made in a Grand Slam. And her opponent in this match lobbied the officials to have her disqualified. Because she threw a racket at a ball boy and hit it, which is not, which is frowned upon. Wow. It's frowned upon apparently in professional tennis. Again, a foot wedge. I found out that's illegal today. <laughs> Throwing a racket is not allowed in tennis. Mm. It's a, it's a banner day. But I watched this video and it's very clear that this young lady she threw a racket and it was kind of like if you and I played and I hit a you know a shot past you and you weren't gonna be able to get to you know you kind of chunk your racket at it, kind of being funny. Mm-hmm. She did. Well, it bounced off the wall. It hit the ball boy. Mm-hmm. But the chick she was playing, her last name is Brody. I don't remember what it is. She, <laughs> If you want to see something funny on YouTube, go check it out. But she was adamant. That's against the rules. You saw it. She did it on purpose. When you watch the video, you're going to see that she did this on purpose. She should be disqualified. This match should be over. And she ultimately did beat Ostapenko. And I was like, why is she bugging out on this girl like that? So then I went back and I started doing a little bit more research. And Jelena Ostapenko is a lot of things. Chief among them, she's a handful. Oh, okay. Ah, so there's a history. Brother, she is a trip. And I don't want to use that word on the air because I don't want to pay FCC fines. She's something else. So you, did you? So find I'm watching. Out? I'm watching video. Go back a little bit further, and there's there's video of her talking with her coaches in the middle of matches, where her coach has to like come down out of the box and get this girl to even finish playing. See, I thought that wasn't allowed unless they're injured. I, don't, I thought the coaches were never allowed onto the court. Well, apparently in this case they are. Huh? Because there's there's video and there's one where she's like, I don't even give a bleep about this stupid tournament. <laughs> In the middle of playing in the tournament. And she's won some ITF events. I think she has about a dozen. She's won $3.5 million in prize money. She's 20 years old. My my point when I started this whole thing is, what's the over-under on how long before she's booed up with an NHL player? (laughs) By the end of the week? So, (laughs) But that's the thing. When you first started talking about it, I didn't know she had a history. A couple of games ago, not last game, the game before, Sidney Crosby threw a water bottle onto the ice. And all of a sudden, they're like, he should have gotten a unsportsmanlike conduct. They're going crazy. And then you see Crosby telling the ref, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Well, he got a pass. So you what? know, but he threw, you could tell he threw it wasn't a very good throw, but he threw it on the ice. So no penalty because he's Sidney Crosby. He plays hockey, not hockey ball. Hockey ball. Hockey so ball. what did did what did the judge do at that point? Did he give the technical to Steve Kerr instead? <laughs> 
did they did, did they watch the video to see no, if it they, was they intentional? The, the, like the head of officials came out and the chair umpire said that no, it wasn't at the level where she ought to be disqualified. The match official deferred to the chair, and the girl was bent out of shape. But if you want to see, in your opinion, she did by herself too. She didn't you ought to hear her squealing at the doggone yeah. official. It was something else. But I wondered, you know, God, why is she being like this? Well, then, as all this is going on, and it's becoming obvious that uh, Jelena Ostapenko is going to win the French Open and be the story for the week, you guys missed it. Because in the aftermath of her greatest victory in her life, the match coordinators, the tournament officials, come down to shake her hand and tell, and they start giving her instructions about how the award presentation is going to go. And she stops the whole thing and says, can I go inside and brush my hair first? And leaves the court to go brush her hair and come back out and get the, get the, the trophy. Come on. <laughs> wow. She's going to be somebody's headache for a long time. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, three and a half million bucks. I'm not that familiar with the Latvian economy, but certainly she's one of the richest Latvians in the entire world. She's obviously been you know, a tennis prodigy her entire life. You want to talk about coddled. I'm trying to figure out which NHL star is in line to deal with that headache. Because I, it's coming. I think it's the the list that we have posted. I think she's closer <laughs> to being the fall from grace list than that's just nuts. I can she's just see. Else. I can just see if Golden State wins the finals tonight, Kevin Durant go. Can I can I go brush my goatee real quick? <laughs> <laughs> it would be Draymond Green. Come on, but now. we all know he doesn't brush or do another thing. That's the only problem with your logic. There is he's never run any sort of. Grooming utensil through that <laughs> nastiness. He's superstitious. He doesn't want to touch it or they'll lose again. Now, <laughs> sometimes this recorded show bit rears its head and it bites us. Mm. Today's the day. All right, we're taping on a Monday. This afternoon, there are a couple things mm. going on. First of all, the, the MLB draft, and we're going to wait till Brandon goes on vacation to cover that. Um, and in fact, just to remind the entire nation, I know I know it'll be a day of, of mourning. There'll be a moment of silence out there. I won't be on the show next week. Um, if there were technology for me to broadcast from the beaches of Aruba, I would do that. Ooh. However, there's not. So you guys are on your own. I'm, I'm we scared. Got this. We I'm got really, this. really no, scared. I'm not lying. I'm scared this. in not like a, oh my gosh, I'm worried about it, but scared like I'm debilitated. I'm frozen. That's how scared I am. You guys are going to handle it. You're going to kill it. You're going to have a good time with it. But here's the thing. We're going to cover the MLB draft after the fact, okay, which is cool. We'll be a week behind, but it'll be all right. There's not that many folks out there tracking it like that. But game five is tonight of the NBA Finals. So when this broadcast Wednesday, we're going to be like, they're going to be like, do these guys even know what they're talking about? Do they? What's going on? Because we're going to be talking about game four after game five is played. That technical situation with Golden State Game five. is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. And the NBA, I, I don't know, man. Brandon, take it away. <laughs> well, if you didn't see the play, Draymond Green punches Shumpert pretty much in the head. And for some reason, their coach, Steve Kerr, gets 
the technical, everybody in the building thought that Draymond got the technical. And well, the we official even, scorer said that it had been assigned to Draymond Green all the way and through halftime. And you can see Steve Kerr when Draymond gets the second half tech telling him that's two, you're out. Yep. And I love it. They play hit the road, Jack, and he's not about to hit the road. <laughs> even even the lovely Mrs. DeLambert was laughing. She's like, that's fun. Well, it was it was great TV because Mark Jackson's like, like, somebody's lying up in here. You know? <laughs> was, ah, and he was feeding the crowd, like celebrating, like, yeah, they're booing him, and Draymond's like having fun because he got thrown out. Right. So does that mean, like, being that the results, by the time this airs, the results will have already happened. Do you think Cleveland fans, being not not as sharp, will still think that they got a chance to win the finals if they lose? (laughs) No, I think by the time this airs on Wednesday, this series will be over, put to bed, and Cleveland fans will be focused on how bad their Browns are going to be this year. How psycho is Draymond Green? What what kind of a nut job is this? He is a nut job. Is he, is he Rodman? Legend. No, he's not Rodman because Rodman's legitimately crazy. Yeah. Draymond Green plays a crazy guy on TV. And in in days gone by, and I know we people fuss and, and you, we're comparing we're comparing eras. Rick Mahorn would have he, he would have choke slammed Draymond Green. No right doubt. <laughs> I mean, sir, think about how hard Bill Lambeer would have hit. What about Draymond Char- Green? Charles Draymond Oakley. Green. Charles Oakley. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Those guys played in a legitimately physical era. And that's one of the things where I swear to everybody listening, we're not going to get into the LeBron versus Jordan thing. But the difference between eras is you look at guys like Jordan or Ron Harper and those guys that were slashers and high flyers, Dominique Wilkins in the 80s, and the there's no other word for it, the punishment If you were going to bring that ball into the paint, you were going to get rocked. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it was. Now in this day and age of the touch fouls, there are some pretend tough guys out there. And I'm not saying that some of them couldn't have played in that era, but don't pretend you're something not because there's nothing tough going on on a basketball court these days. So the only thing, when all these teams are coming out saying we could beat the Warriors, we could, you got to think that, okay, what rules are you playing by? Are you playing by the rules of the Lakers and Detroit back in the day, or are you playing by right now? Well, and that's the question that we'll explore when we come back. If you missed the first hour of the show, head on over to SoundCloud at From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on Facebook at From the Cheap Seats. You can get it at, at Cheap Seat Radio. We've got an interesting poll going on right now. And we're asking your feedback on what the greatest Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. 
there's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, before the break, we were talking about all kinds of different things, but we were talking about tough guys in the NBA, and I'm not going to belabor the point. You asked the question, though, Trent, if you match up the 96 Bulls versus the 2017 Golden State Warriors, one of the key things is what rules are you playing under? And I, I think it's a fair question. Um, We've said it before, don't want to work this to death. My thing is is that with this in this day and age in the NBA, there's very little value in a dominant post player because it's become a, a three-point shooting game where the, where the playing field is tilted toward teams that can shoot the three. So you don't really uh, – who's the best big man in the NBA right now? Is it, is it Cousins? Is it well, – Anthony Davis, you probably have to give that nod. Yeah, probably. Anthony Davis and the Pelicans can't even make the playoffs. Pick a guy from Kentucky. Well, <laughs> you know, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't even know if you call. He is, he's not even a real true back to the basket post player. But all three of them are from Kentucky, which is pretty remarkable. It is pretty good. Well, they pay John him. John well. Calipari's got a, access to a lot of resources. They pay him well. Well, I think the the matchup that would be interesting. I think the games are different, but maybe not as different. Obviously, the three ball. The games are different. Make no mistake. Yeah. But I think some of these older teams would do kind of what Kevin Durant's on fire, right? Absolutely. Some of these older teams would do the same thing and just say, hey, look, Jordan's going to get his, but we're not going to let the rest of you guys beat you. And I know they tried to put Gerald Wilkins on them as the Jordan stopper. What a joke. But that's what Cleveland did this last game. They said KD is playing out of his mind right now. We're going to go stop. Curry yeah. and everybody else mm-hmm. from beating us because they tried to match up man, man man for man, D up man for man, and that didn't work because Golden State's just way too deep in their starting five. But they really got in – they've bothered Steph Curry the last two games of these finals. They have. And in game four, you I agree with what you said. It was basically the defense was, let, you know, stop trying to check KD, let him get his – and will harass Thompson, Curry, and the rest of those guys. And in too many possessions during this game, especially every time it seemed like Golden State would go on to a run, their primary option on offense because of what the defense was giving them was Draymond Green shooting a three. And if you can force Golden State, as, as good a player as Draymond Green is, if, if that becomes the focal point of your offense at any point, you're yeah, problem. Well, and I'm uh, back to Draymond, and not to get totally off subject, but if I was his agent, I would pull Draymond to the side and say, "Okay, hold on for a second, because I was listening to Mike and Mike this morning, and Golick made a point that Draymond this you year sure do love some Mike and Mike. I love Mike and Mike. You know what Mike and Mike were doing? Listening to us. Listening to us. Yeah. Um, but he says Draymond this year, especially, really likes to hear himself talk, and it's easy when you're on a team like that. 
So when this team can no longer afford to keep this this unit together, he's going to have to go off and be the guy or maybe guy two somewhere else. And he might want to change because he's coming off like the villain pretty much everywhere he goes. You know, he's insulting whole fan bases right now. And eventually you're going to have to go somewhere and be the guy. And frankly, game uh, four, they just left him open at the three-point line and dared him to shoot, and he was scared. So I just don't think he's – He's good, but he's not that good. So with the way that Cleveland came out and they were on fire, Golden State realized, you know what, they didn't roll over. This is not going to be a cakewalk. So what was the point that Golden State said, we'll play our game. Cleveland's not going to lose. You know, we'll just go through the motions and let them do what they do, expend their energy. Because, I mean, they're not going to shoot 60-something again. Trent, I don't know that that was the case because up through – even the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, there were some times where Golden State got some momentum and you thought, okay, they're going to get this thing down inside double figures, and when they do, they're going to make a run. And it just never happened for them. To your point, Golden State, I don't – there shouldn't be any panic because essentially if you're in a, a seven-game series, at any point one team can lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's not going to shoot or not going to hit 24 threes again in a game in this series. I think that's a fair point. You know, when you look at the the performance numbers wise that that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James put up on Saturday night or Friday night, it's ludicrous. But the thing is, when they made that run and LeBron was out for that minute that he was out Mm -hmm. and Kyrie was out, and all of a sudden Golden State was down by 11, Mm -hmm. they didn't have KD or Steph in there. They made that run with a guy that his first shot in the finals was a three-pointer, and I don't even remember his name, some guy that came off the bench. So if Golden State thought, okay, this is— That's a student analysis right Sorry, I apologize. The uh, but if Golden State was like, okay, we're gonna make a run and put them to bed, why didn't they have their other people in there when LeBron? I mean, those guys have got to sit for a second, and and it's point well taken. I don't think that there was any urgency from Golden State. I don't think they were panicking. My question, and Brandon and I talked about this over the weekend. You've got a couple of different ways the psyche for each team could go. Okay, Cleveland passed. They crossed a hurdle this weekend, mm-hmm. and that was not get swept, and that tarnishes this perfect run of Golden State. I mean, it doesn't really take a whole lot away from it, but it's one of those talking points that goes away. So Cleveland comes out, and nobody can ever say they rolled over. Nobody can, you know, the the 15-1 and one or 16-1 and one or 16-2 and two that Golden State's going to end up with, that's not undefeated. So it's tarnished. So they got past that, and they don't have to hear that they quit. They don't have to hear any of that. Yes, they can do it. Um, the other point of it is, though, is – if you're the Cavaliers, you're playing with house money right now. You're down 3-1. You were down 3-0. Everybody in America had written you off. If you lose, there's no shame in that at this mm-hmm. point, especially not because you got that game. It would have been really easy. I told somebody before the game, I thought Golden State had win it by 40 and that the bus would be warmed up and those guys would be ready to get out of there. Good for Cleveland for showing up, mm-hmm. entertaining folks, and coming out and having that, that kind of ball game. The other thing that I think it does is, from a historical perspective, I don't think this has anything to do with whether Golden State's going to win the championship or not, but from a historical standpoint, this validates what we've been saying for a month. There's not that much disparity between that Golden State team and this Cleveland team. Yes, on paper, Golden State is better, but we it's not LeBron James and the Seven Dwarfs out there. 
There's some good ball players out there. Anybody that's watched this series and doesn't feel like Kyrie Irving's one of the best players on the planet hadn't been paying attention. Well, what happened in Game Four started to happen in Game Three with Jr. J.R. Smith showed up. What Tristan happened Thompson in Game Four? You got Corver hitting <laughs> shots in Game Four. That makes a big difference. And Chris, over the weekend, you also said, "Look at how they're playing defense." You know, it's a lot easier to get yourself fired up on defense when you see the shots going in. And when Corver, I was sitting there watching the game when Corver started hitting shots and Jr. was on fire. I was like, "This is a completely different team." Like it's the, the you know the seven dwarfs finally woke up and remembered how to play basketball. Well, and, and, and that's my point, Brandon, is that when we're looking at this, we're looking at, you know, people are trying to gauge how good or or not Cleveland is based on the first three games of, of the final series when Tristan Thompson didn't show up. Tristan Thompson's a good ball player. You know, he'd be a core piece for any team in the NBA, mm-hmm. including the Cavaliers. He'd be starting if he went to Golden State. You can't tell me that Zaza Pachulia would be starting over Tristan Thompson. So, yeah, Tristan Thompson had a bad three games. He showed up on Friday night. J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, Kyle Korver, those guys are solid role players, and there's not that much gap between what's coming off Golden State's bench and these guys. And watch out they for this. They played badly for three years. Don't lose sight of how good that Cleveland team is. I agree. Is. And watch out for this. This will be completely valid storyline by the time Wednesday rolls around. Watch out for potentially LeBron winning MVP of these finals. It's not going to happen. Tom Haberstraw from ESPN is already making He's a case wrong. that's really, really strong. It's not going to happen. KD is going to be the and MVP I'll take of it, the series. I will, take it, I will tell you that this, if Cleveland ends up, I think it would take Cleveland having to win tonight's game for it to happen. But watch by the time it rolls around. It will be a topic of discussion. Okay, stop. It's not going to happen. And nor should it, because if Cleveland were to win the series, I think that it would you would have to assume that LeBron was the most valuable player. If you look back through this run, through the and, and through the the uh, conference finals, and through the finals, I'm not even sure that LeBron's always been the best player on his own team. Mm. You're but completely discounting Kyrie Irving. At, no, I mean he's amazing, but well, LeBron's averaging over 30 points, I think, through this whole. Playoff. He's averaging. Hold on, he's KD's averaging been the best player on the floor. Absolutely, but I think LeBron then has how always can KD been not be the most valuable player. He's, he's always been the best player. On but the floor. I don't think Kyrie. Well, certain games LeBron may have not been the best player on his team, but he is the best player on the team. The one thing this has only so, shown me. We're only going to count the games that LeBron won? Hold on. Who's averaging a triple-double for the finals right now? Who's up 3-1? Who cares? Who cares That's cares a team. what these numbers That's a team. are they walk away with? Well, we're talking about MVP, though. Okay. Yeah, no. I don't think LeBron will be the MVP on the losing Not going to happen. No, that's, somebody, well, that's clickbait that you fell, you fell victim to. It is an insider article. <laughs> I, admit yeah, that. No. I will tell you, but I've also heard it already. You can make a case that he's most valuable. Trent, you were just talking about it. Um, you see KD and Steph Curry on the bench, and that team's able to like mount an attack. LeBron goes out of the game for two minutes. They start to lose a lead. It's but unfortunately, if KD wasn't on the team, then maybe LeBron could win it if they lost the series. But KD has been the MVP because of what they've done to this point. Let's- and the thing is... Cleveland, we said many moons ago that can Golden State average 50% shooting or whatever. What are they averaging on these four games? 
Cleveland to beat them had to be in the 60s. They had everybody had to click. They're not. I mean, well, wait a minute. Wait. Stop. Stop. Hold on. But stop. that, that was a good pull break. Pull break. Because they didn't have to shoot 60 percent to beat Golden State. Had they not folded up at the end of Game Three, they would have won Game Three. You can't let these guys go on an 11-0 run. Stop playing defense and have bizarre possessions mm-hmm. at the end of the game. They this series should be tied. And you said, be. well, if KD's not on that team, then maybe maybe LeBron is the MVP. If KD's not on that team, Cleveland's the favorite to win the series. But yeah. you need to ask Ty Lue who they were playing when they were averaging this. All I they need were to ask Ty Lue, all I need they to ask playing, Ty Lue is who's trying to call LeBron's phone. They're playing the nice Cleveland Cavaliers. They're not playing the nice Cleveland Cavaliers anymore. Ty Lue has already sent out a statement to his team I mean, I, I what's so you mean? LeBron sent out a statement that Ty Lue read to the team. Ty Lue holds LeBron. He's there to hold LeBron's phone. Yeah, he's not. Gonna That's what he. Do you see how what he how many guys had to pull KD back from that altercation? <laughs> Give me a break. We'll talk about NBA fisticuffs on the other side. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. 
I am a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. And now... From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. What's up, United States? It's Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. And uh, right before the break, we were speculating about the likelihood of a Kevin Durant, Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view fight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it took a team, a team of. <laughs> I mean, you, Kevin Durant was being held back because he wanted every bit of LeBron James. Who were outweighs? We, were him. we talking about fake tough in the NBA the other day? I looked at the, I watched the screen, and I, I, I audibly, out loud, said to the screen, "Kevin, sit down." Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant is a lot of things. Tough guy, not. Um, what Kevin, LeBron, what's LeBron got? Forty pounds on him. Well, and he's just. And it's not like LeBron is a scary guy. LeBron's a big dude, and I'm sure he could do some damage. Let me tell you something. If this series is a big if, but if this series turns, I think the people will look back at that moment as a pivotal moment because LeBron James got his grown man on him. He was actually intimidating, intimidating Durant as he was trying to talk some sense into him. He wasn't even going after him. He was like, hey, man, why are you talking so crazy, man? And then Kevin Durant looks like. <laughs> He's got some WWF player pulling on him. It's like these two, it's not even that much power pulling him back and he's backpedaling. I think people will look back at that. And by the way, we were talking on the break, NBA MVP on a losing team. Jerry West was MVP of a losing finals team. It was dumb. I'm just saying it happens. It's not, we need to go back and find out how to define. Okay, first of all, if it were, you know, clearly. LeBron, the best player on the floor through most of this series, it would be one thing. Have you, you've got to take your Cavalier sunglasses off sometime. You're missing a great performance by Kevin Durant. Durant has, for extended periods during this doggone series, been the best player on the floor. I mean, we're, we're talking about it. Yeah, okay, LeBron may end up with a little bit of better numbers. And you look at him and you say, yeah, he's probably still the best player in the world. But it, the gap is not sufficient enough that he's going to be the MVP on a losing team in this series that's not going to push to a Game 7. Well, I'm telling you, it has. It depends okay. on Game 5 results. And I'm just saying. Well, ask Ron Artest, and he's saying KD's playing like Michael Jordan now. I mean, the talking heads are just cracking how me up How many right crazy now. athlete references can we squeeze into one show? You... And you just called the dude Ron Artest because you can't bear to say meta world peace. <laughs> dude, I'm 
Hey, if I'm looking for analysis, I'm looking elsewhere. I'm just saying. Dude, in this studio, it's the Washington Bullets yes. and Ron Artest. And Ron Artest. New rule. And hockey ball. Hockey ball. All right. We got our own. Feathering. See, We're going to need our own dictionary by I the time just need, over. I need tonight to go to Golden State, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win by 25, 20, and blow it out. Me because I picked them to win in five. And I picked them in seven. Because assuming that it was going to get past to game five. Because if it goes to game six, the NBA is going to get them in game seven. seven. Yep. They're not going to pull an NHL hockey ball and, and make a bad call and make a bad call to yeah. take a, 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 a go off the board for the team they need to win to force a game seven. So what That's about the conspiracy, seri- uh, conspiracy theories? Golden State law would have lost $22 million if it doesn't go to game five or seven. The refs make $10 more million if they go to game five. I think when Nothing you're about st- refing, I'm not buying any of that. Game. I'm not buying any of that. I don't think that there's any sh- tears shed because I think you, you saw the Penguins celebrating last night on Nashville's ice. And they've never won on home ice. That's, what what, what I did you tweet funny. about that? What did you tweet about that? Watching a Stanley Cup celebration on the road is like uh, going to the f- your father's funeral and the guy that murdered him crashing it and running around with his body. Yeah, I mean, it was it was lame. Yeah, and I mean, you could hear the Nashville fans booing, uh, but not booing. They were cursing. It was funny. You could hear them in the <laughs> At booth. The announcer, yeah. And you know, okay, great, you won your Stanley Cup, but how much more would you enjoy that on your home floor yeah. or on your home ice in this case? So I don't think Golden State lost any sleep over it. Now, the psyche, though, for them can go one of two ways. Either they look at this and say, okay, pressure's off. You know, the 16-0 thing is gone. We're going home. We've blown these guys out twice at home. We're going home. We're going to get our rings. We're going on vacation. It's over. That's one way this thing could go. The other way, however, these guys remember a year ago, they were up 3-1. Everybody in the country said this thing was over. And LeBron pulled a rabbit out of his hat. So that if you think those guys, that has to be a consideration, whether it's going to get inside and affect their play is another thing. But how do you think KD is looking at this right now? And he's like, oh, my God, I'm America's villain. Everybody said I'm a sellout for coming here and winning a championship. And now the momentum is back to the Cavaliers. Here we go Can again. you imagine the refrain if something were to go wrong? I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State comes out tight, tight, tight and falls behind early. Well, that's, I do think they're going to win tonight. I it, think it's going to happen. Brandon, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went the other way. And I'm telling you, if this gets, game, gets to a game six, it's going to a game seven. You can write that down. But, Brandon, if the Cavs come out and pop them in the face like they did, can they pull it off or will Golden State become untight? And pull through when well, they make just, their runs. No, that's that's why we watch sports. It's like Ty Lu when he's not holding LeBron's cell phone. He told them that we were too nice. He actually referenced uh, in Game Three, Javale McGee goes down to the ground and LeBron offers him his hand, and McGee like turns it away. He refuses it. That's how Cleveland's got to play them tonight. They got to get up into Steph Curry. I think KD's going to be fine because he is just kind of like he's a rhythm shooter and he's just an offense offensive juggernaut. He'll be fine. I think you got to get in, continue to get in Draymond's head because they are in his head. 
the more he aggressively argues and talks, the more you're in his head. Well, and, Notice, to give, and to give ups to my boy Brandon Atkins, he did call that before the series and said that was a key for the Cavaliers was to get inside and mm-hmm. get Draymond rattled. And who would have thought after really blowing the series for them last year with his ejection and subsequent suspension, who would have thought this guy would fly off the handle like he has the last couple days? And what kills me about this dude is that he screams it doesn't matter how hard the foul is. It doesn't matter how obvious it is. If you blow the whistle against Draymond Green, he's going to throw his hands in the air, stomp away like a child. And after the impact that his actions had, because I swear to anybody, Golden State wins that series if Draymond Green plays all seven games last year. Might be right. You kid it. Now, that said, we're two days behind on this. We're done. We're on the record with everything we need to say about basketball, unless you got something to add right now, Trent. B.A.? Come on, Cleveland. All right. I think, Go- Whoops. I think Golden State wins this thing. And uh, puts it all to bed. I just want a super villain shirt that uh, Steve Kerr was wearing. So Rudy or anybody out there in California, if you could mail us one to the Cheap Seats Radio. That'd be dope. That would be awesome. That'd be dope. All right. So up on Facebook, follow our Facebook page at From the Cheap Seats. This weekend, sort of in honor of the Tiger Woods coverage we provided the last couple weeks, we put up a poll. And it goes deep. It's about 25 different options on there. And what we've asked is for you to identify your five worst falls from grace in the sports world. Now, we're going to leave that up for a little while, let that marinate. But I want to talk about some of the guys that are on that list because I was, frankly, surprised by some of the results. Um, None of the steroid-era baseball players have gotten much support at all. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Trent, as a baseball guy You've really got five PED guys. I want you to correct me if, if I miss anybody or you think any somebody else ought to be included. You've got Sosa McGuire, Palmero, Bonds, Clemens. Does Canseco make it into that argument? I don't think he I don't know that he could have fallen from grace because he never denied he was using the stuff. Yeah, he was the whistleblower that started all the Hoopla with yep. writing that book and outing everyone. I guess A-Rod should be on the list. Well, that's what so I was thinking. A-Rod needs to be on there. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? So the six of these guys, I want you to tell me, and again, I'm not trying to sway the vote that's out there in sports land, but go to From the Cheap Seats, take five seconds, look through the list of folks that we've got out there. And we got the basically the nominations came from our listeners. So we put everybody out there. And now we want you to pick five of those. The results are starting to come in. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna taint it or spoil it. We'll talk about some of the stuff that's on the bottom of the list, like these steroid guys. So of those six people, again, Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, Clemens, Canseco, and Palmero. Did I hit them all? Mm-hmm. And A Rod. And A Rod. Who's Who's the biggest culprit? Who had the biggest fall from grace? Well, I think Barry Bonds sort of weathered the storm the longest and continued to break records. I think Mark McGuire, he did leave, but it was about his time to leave. The biggest fall from grace for me, because he didn't continue to go, or actually both of them, Sammy Sosa and Palmero kind of disappeared 
Rafael Palmero basically played another year or half a year, and then he's gone. He was out of baseball. Nobody talks about him. Well, you know, it's funny, and I, I, I saw some coverage. You know, he's a Mississippi State guy, mm-hmm. so we get a little bit more coverage down there in, in my part of the country, and I was living there for – I lived there for a long time. He's a broken man. I mean, he really, really is broken. Um, he, If you remember – you know when the when the uh, congressional hearings came, he was one of those guys that Adamant. sat up there and mm-hmm. you know I didn't do this you know period on and on and on, and then he tested. And two positive. months later, literally almost. Yeah, and I I can tell you that having sat through many interviews with him, um, and he had a son come through the Mississippi State program, was a good ball player, probably playing. I don't know whose minor league system he's in now, but he was a good ball player. Rafael Palmero is a broken man over that. I mean, it destroyed him because, and he never tried to make any bones about it. He tried to, you know, let people inside to know what his thought process was and kind of what was going on with him, but he didn't try to defend the fact that he sat before Congress and the American public and just lied. Yeah. And that's blank. stark contrast to Sammy Sosa, who, like, I knew, everybody knew he cheated when you saw all the cork fly out of his bat and he said, oh, well, that was my practice bat. How did that get in yeah. there? And then, well, then yeah. homie forgot how to speak English. English. Yeah, that's that I wonder awesome. if he ever picked up English again. Right. Well, the thing with Sosa, I remember when Sosa came up through the Ranger system and he weighed about 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was Stick rail figure. skinny. He was not a power hitter. You know, he was a speedy little kid and just over a couple of years – Grew into a giant. It was funny because Juan Gonzalez and Sammy Sosa came through the system at the same time. Juan Gonzalez came up as a young power hitter, and whether or not he used PED, he probably did. I mean, everybody was. We'll finish that up in a couple minutes. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seas. I'm Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols here. We got a 15 minutes left to go if you've stuck with us the entire time. Uh, gold star. Gold star for you. We were talking before the break, Trent, about the steroid 
cases. Mm-hmm. And you say that the biggest heartbreak is Palmero. Um, I'll, I'll second that. Yeah, I'll second all from that. grace. The the, the only question I would have is Roger Clemens, because Clemens was you know Clemens was one of the great all time. I, mean, I guess he still is one of the all time performers in in baseball, mm-hmm. and was bigger than the game. He was one of those few players that had kind of risen to that level. So he had a little bit farther to fall from, and he just like Palmero was adamant. No, 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 no. I think with Clemens, though, it, I think it's more of his ego. He stuck around and did his thing, won his championships. He and did. then when it was time for him to go, he disappeared. True. But I can't, I can't say for sure that Palmero wouldn't want to be a manager or be a coach. And these other guys, besides Sosa, whatever, I don't know what he's yeah. doing. But, I mean, Sosa. Barry Bonds gets hired. Mark McGuire gets hired. Sosa down in the Dominican. I don't know where I read this, but a few years ago I read, this guy owns like a, a complex down in the Dominican. <laughs> And uh, his bedroom is like 16,000 square feet. <laughs> not, not, I'm not making it up. You can Google it. Um, yeah, but for real. Yeah, Sammy Sosa's down there living, I mean, you say like a king. You take the American dollar and all those that he made and go down there. My point back to Sosa was I was in Texas. I grew, you know, grew up in Austin, graduated from high school there, and was a Rangers fan. Um, and Sosa and, and Juan Gon came up through the system uh, at essentially the same time, or came up through the minors at the same time, and, and Gonzalez was a you know he was a big sturdy guy, and uh, Sosa was a tiny kid, looked like and, Julio Franco. Yeah. Then the president so, of the United States traded him away from the team. <laughs> yes, sort <laughs> of. Did. That's kind of how it went. I don't yeah. know if Bush was. I don't know if Bush was in there. But then I wonder, I'm trying to remember if I got this correct. Sosa went from the Rangers. They traded him the White Sox, didn't they? The White Sox, yes, first, yes. and then he ended up in Chicago, the Cubs. Yes, got it. All right, we got that track. So we say Palmero one, probably Clemens two, then everybody else. And I put I put a Rod at the very bottom because he didn't have very far to far to fall from. Because I don't think anybody ever doubted a Rod was doing was yeah. juicing. So and Barry Bonds still swears he didn't do anything. He's stuck there in the middle. Um, you know who? Maybe we'll never know. But falls from grace. I know you guys aren't big soccer fans, are you? I like soccer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You watch U.S. men's team with any regularity? Yeah. I want to know. U.S. got a point at Azteca last night in World Cup qualifying, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill anybody's brain cells trying to explain what's going on. But the bottom line is the U.S. needed to get a point badly out of that game. They managed to. They tied one one, and now they sit in pretty good shape. To qualify for the World Cup, so they're, they're good for them. That's only the third time they've gone in a World Cup qualifying match against Mexico at Azteca and gotten a point out of it. So good for them. But the fall from grace, Fabian Johnson, a couple years ago, was a defender for the for the U.S. Men's National Team, and to me, was the best two-way player in America. And now, three or four years later, can't even get onto the field. So I'm going to put him on my falls from grace just because he's not any good anymore. Now I'm playing. But uh, do you watch any of the? Do you watch any of the uh, men's game? I watched a little, but I mostly watch highlights. I got to admit. So you got to, you did see Michael Bradley's shot on yeah. goal. It's amazing, and that was we were, that was amazing. We were talking a little bit. I did play high school um, soccer, and just that limited amount of time playing, you don't appreciate what Bradley did if you're not a fan or a casual fan of soccer. 
he made one move looked up and drilled that ball and put the action on it just enough so it dropped right under, underneath the crossbar. And I was explaining it. It'd be like if somebody did something with a golf shot, and I'm like, it just looks like they hit the golf ball, and Chris would go, or David Kaplan would go, oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what he did. You know what <laughs> I mean? And that's what I'm trying to tell you. What Bradley did with that ball is it pretty amazing? He does make the one move and makes that split decision. He sees the keeper out and he drops it right over. I mean, it was could have been on a rail, but he did that little bit of action to drop it right underneath the crossbar. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, and and to have the awareness to do that, uh, you know, really speaks to what Michael Bradley is. Michael Bradley has been a fixture on the U.S. men's team for a very very long time. Uh, in the previous World Cup, I thought Bradley played awfully horribly and over the last year or two he has sort of reasserted himself i don't know if it was a fitness thing i don't know where the drop in form was i don't know if it was he and and jurgen klinsman i think it was klinsman i I don't know what it was but i don't bradley had gone from being one of our young rising stars to just a guy in no time at all now he's back and he's playing in it he's playing as an attacking midfielder it's good to see him back and he almost won that thing yesterday well, uh, I know, hit the right post with a with a bending shot that was really beautiful. Um, I know what um, Bradley's opinion on it is. What's that? It's Klinsman. Well, fair enough then. The, I mean, there's a coach, lot of guys. You look at Landon Donovan. Donovan and, and Klinsman, you know, Landon Donovan's the best American soccer player of all time. And when you can't get along with that guy as the head coach for the men's national team, you got a problem. Well, I don't think they've lost since Klinsman was fired, what, last November? I don't mm-hmm. think they've actually lost a game. I think they I no. I think they did. I think but they have too, so but I'd have to look at that. I think it yeah. was early on where they're like, oh, well, they're, they lost like their first qualifier. I they believe. did. That's what put them in such a bad this spot. Position. They lost two games early in qualifying. Now they, I mean, it's a long enough process. You play ten games during the hexagonal part of it. I mean, it, there's there's time to make it up. So as it stands, after half of the U.S.'s games have been played. Um, actually, they've played six at this point. They're two points up on Panama. They should be safe at this point. I think they have uh, two more games in like a week. They had like three games in nine days, I believe, Yeah, U.S. men. So it's all confusing to everybody, but basically the U.S. has to – if they end up in the top three in that group of six, they go to the World Cup. If they finish fourth, then they have to play a playing game, whatever. It's another really well-named sport. Really <laughs> well-named sport. They, actually, they do. Some um, foreign caveman named it football. Yes, and it was Americans or somebody that that derailed that in soccer. Yeah, soccer. What's up with that? I don't. Who knows, dude? I mean, because what game? I mean, what game of all of the the games that have names like that? Which one is more perfectly named than football? Yeah. And right. when I say football, I mean you know of the rest of the world brand and not American football. You mean F U T. Yes, football. Football. Well, see, that's not true because if you go to England, they spell it F O O T too. So you're you're calling a game, Crystal Lambert. Let me hear your best goal call. Goal. <laughs> Imagine tuning in halfway through that to the show <laughs> and you're like whoa what's going I wasn't on? even I didn't even take a breath man that was good that was good man. Yeah, you I was right gonna in. hey yeah, came in hot good pipe it's not bad out. for an old smoker huh? that's, I think it helps <laughs> it does man a little raspy it does so alright big news I suppose 
Is this big news? What, 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 what size news is this that the Olympic, the, the International Olympic Committee has decided they want to make three-on-three basketball an Olympic sport? It just shows how much global power Ice Cube has. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to start my own league well, no. making an Olympic sport now, son. Well, here. <laughs> Break yourself. Today was a good day. <laughs> Messed uh, around and got a triple double. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to make sure I'm 100% clear. This is not going to be a medal sport first time out, is it? I have not seen that. No, I don't okay. know. I don't know the answer. Because you know they do that hokey stuff where they have, you know, I don't even know what they call them, introductory sports or whatever, trial sports. But anyway, they're going to play three on three at the Olympics. Now we got four and a half minutes. I want to know. If you're drafted, Trent, you get the first pick in the draft. Who's the first pick in your three-on-three draft? Who all time. All time. Oh, all time? Yep, all time playing at their prime. Michael Jordan. I'll take LeBron. Yeah, I know you'd take LeBron. <laughs> Man, you guys stuck me here. I'm taking Bird, number one. I like Ooh. it. All right. I like so it. So back to you, Trent. You've got Jordan. Who are you putting out there with him? Magic. All right, Jordan Magic. It's, it can be my team. So this is the team I want to put together. I'm rolling Sean Kemp out there. You're taking Sean mm. Kemp. I want Anthony Mason. <laughs> Wait, it's going to be that you have who now? I got Anthony, I got Larry Bird that can that can kill you a million different ways, and I got Anthony Mason who's going to hurt somebody. Oh, so I have to match Magic and Jordan against that. Magic's going out. On a stretcher. I'm just telling you right now. All right. Well, you guys take Jordan and, and LeBron with the first picks. I gotta, I gotta react <laughs> with my last way. pick then, because I was gonna play sled Magic down to the center and combat any of that. You know, Go ahead whatever. On. Anthony Mason's got something waiting on him. I'm taking Shaq then. The most unstoppable center ever. Shaquille. You just made the whole this whole sport boring. He's you gonna, just broke our three-on-three draft like KD broke the NBA. Uh, Except you make free throws count for five points. <laughs> How about that? I like it. Call Ice Cube. Get Ice Cube on the phone. This is my best, Shaquille O'Neal. I want to play in the first three-on-three-v-three Olympics. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think, Charles? Come to come to the five cent. Five cent. That's terrible. <laughs> Kenan, that's terrible. <laughs> Who do you have with your third pick? <laughs> All right, I'll stay Homer, and I'll go with uh, GP Gary Payton. Just, I just love that so guy. I want to make sure I'm, I'm 100% Why guy. are you taking all the Oklahoma Trent's Thunder got, guys? <laughs> Trent Scott. Who you got? Magic, Jordan, and Shaq. The Magic, Jordan, and Shaq. chemistry ever. LeBron, GP, and Sean Kemp. <laughs> I got Larry Bird, Anthony Mason, okay. and David Thompson. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's what I got. Okay. Now, well, he's got a player that we're can... gonna look. Bird's gonna Bird's gonna play. He's gonna take anybody one on one. Anthony Mason's gonna knock somebody out, and then when we all get done, we're gonna do lines of cocaine. Well, <laughs> well that's the funny thing about it. We were talking about in the break the Euro step, how that would work against. Mason. <laughs> that's why you put it in my head. I couldn't get him out of my head. I'm like, who's the best enforcer? Do I want Mahorn? Do I want Jaminski? And you've got Anthony Mason in my head because while you were inside during the break, he's like, you know, we're talking about different eras. And let me see if I can do an impression. Okay, go. Okay, so uh, we're talking about different eras and. 
Anthony Bass, can you imagine the Euro step and, and Harden if he came with that Euro step? Harden would just like hip check him into the sidelines. Hey, boys. Uh, Peace out. Check us out at From the Cheap Seats on Facebook, SoundCloud, and everywhere else. If you want to hit us up, cheapseatradio at gmail.com. Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.